Welcome to Autonomous Unity out of Solidarity with Autonomy Network. We are on Tradition 12, and the question is, how does your home group uh, practice anonymity, uh, the anonymity of Tradition 12 with regards to Tradition 8? I believe right now we have seven people involved in the conference that could get bigger as we go on. Uh, do we head to opening prayer? I got it. God. As we endeavor to complete this work, we know that you are with us. We know that without your strength and inspiration, we are not capable of the task before us. We know that this work is not our work, but yours. Each of us, in our own way, humbly petition you to use us as your tools, according to your will. We offer ourselves to you in this way, knowing that you are a loving God and have all power. In this work and in our lives, thy will be done. All right. Thank you. Thank Again, you. we are on tra Tradition 12 uh, as a whole, but where the question is, how does your home group practice Tradition uh, 8 through the lens of Tradition 12, basically the anonymity of Tradition 12? How does that anonymity apply? Anybody want to step up and take it away? You want, does somebody have Tradition 8 to read real quick so we can make sure everybody I, yeah, I can read it? I don't have it to read, but it should be Narcotics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Can someone explain what a service center is? A service center can be can be anything at the where you choose. Okay, as a group, a group can um, run a facility. Okay, to operate uh, uh, committee work in just like the fellowship service conference that weekend. The groups have a service conference, but it's actually a service center that weekend. Okay, uh, the way they the way the NAS structure sets it up is their physical buildings where they operate offices out of, okay? There's a difference in opinion there on what a service center actually is and what it can be and what it uh, it shouldn't be, okay? All right, thank you. Yeah, we've, we've got a um, whole, whole podcast actually to talk about service centers and, and uh, the history of them. Uh, what non-professional is, uh, when it's okay to pay somebody to do something, when it's not. Again, that, those are, we actually feel a whole podcast with those. Um, the question of the day is, is how does, it, but it's not just, the, the, the tradition is not just about service centers. That, that's a caveat that says our service centers can employ special workers. Uh, the brief history of that is, is when there's a task that is mundane, that, it, it, we're not talking about uh, specialized professional services. We're talking about mundane tasks that that we might need to pay somebody to do uh, because there's a high volume, things like that. Um, and again, the matter of opinions there, different differing opinions. Uh, but you look at the original history, and it talked a, a lot about uh, not this specialization that we hear about today, but more about. Uh, Paying somebody to answer phones, to uh, do printing, things like that. 
you know, and then there's that whole idea of specialization and, and whether that's professionalism, which we can't get into on this podcast. But but the overall, that's just the one little caveat uh, to and they should remain forever non-professional that says this is when it's okay to pay somebody to do something. Uh, but but the the main gist of the tra- the tradition eight is that NA should remain forever non-professional. The 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 part about service centers is just a, a tiny exception that's that's added into the tradition. And I wouldn't even say it's an exception because the term special worker does not imply uh, professionalism. It just implies somebody who's paid. What? I'm an addict for name Eric. Oh. Uh, there were a few things that, uh, you know, I believe that with the tradition, this has happened over the years and, and is happening to now with non-professionalism. Um, some of the things that aren't, aren't, that weren't around, I don't believe, when this tradition was formulated, but I do believe that they apply today. Um, I don't know if anybody's ever hear, heard of like uh, peer support workers, and uh, you know the non-professionalism. You know the, the problem is sometimes, you know, the anonymity of somebody being considered above somebody, even though you know they say, well, they're your peer, they're equal to you. You know, that is actually what that position is about. It's you know it, it doesn't they don't say that they're equal. You know, they're basically there to to support you and stuff. And uh, we have these people coming into our rooms and being on the clock getting paid to go to meetings, you know, to watch their clients. And, uh, you know, one of the things with our meetings, when we have have closed meetings and we make it clear that it is for addicts only, you know, but then we also today we I believe we have to add four addicts only to deal with their own drug problem. You know, because we have these people that are coming in that that, that completely goes against the spirit of this uh this tradition right there, I believe. Um it, uh, because it it basically puts somebody above somebody else, you know, and and you know, I've also heard a lot of times, you know, like when somebody comes into a, um, you know, it, it's just, when I think of this tradition, I think of when you come into the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous, you leave your job behind. You know, you're just an addict there to, you know, that that is there to deal with your own drug problem and, and help carry our message. You know, that is it. Nothing more, nothing less. You're not you know, it, you're no better than and you're no less than anybody else in that room. You know, you're just, you're just an addict. Um, the titles go away, you know. Um, and, and I think about some of the things, you know, we, we needed to explain, we needed a tradition that explained that, you know, we can utilize some of these things in case we need them. Uh, today, personally, I don't think that we really need too many special workers. I mean, they have uh, they have um, apps and things where, like, our home group, we don't have a special worker answering our phone. We answer our phone because um, it goes directly. You know, we, there's an anonymous number that we 
that we pay for, and uh, it transfers the phone calls to the addicts. You know, so you don't need to employ a special worker. You know, I guess you could consider the the app that we pay for. That would be a special worker, I guess, in a way, because they're doing something that we can't do. They're providing us an anonymous number that that transfers the phone call to each of us. Um, you know, I also believe, like, when we buy literature from the historical perspective group, you know, we're choosing to use that service, and we know that they use the service of having the special workers with the uh, um, the printers and that print the books and that ship the books, you know. Um, you know, I... Uh, you know, I, I think that the anonymity of just making sure that nobody is considered to be in charge or nobody, you know, it's like that non-professionalism, you know, we're, it's that spirit of being people, you know, and that anonymity in, in tradition. So I hope that uh, helps some and nothing like that. Thanks, Derek. I'll just, uh, just, just, just jump in real quick um, since it's a little bit quiet right now. Um, a lot of stuff's been coming to mind this week and then other stuff that kind of stirred up when uh, Eric was, was talking. Um, that whole non-professionalism thing, especially with regard to the closed meetings, uh, you know, some meetings say this for addicts only. Some will say you need to uh, – the, the first closed meeting I ever – first meeting I ever went to was a closed meeting, and they – they say you didn't need to be an addict, but you need to be here for your own drug problem. Uh, I know the home group that I belong to, we've had recently treatment centers uh, show up, a lot of them. Uh, and one of the things we started asking is, is there anybody here that's not here for their own problem? And um, no hands go up. We know there's got to be a counselor in the room somewhere that they didn't send these people in uh, that's on the clock. Uh, and so one of the things... There is the anonymity there that uh, we're not police officers. We're not NA police, and part of that anonymity is the NA police don't exist. Uh, so we did uh, start mentioning at the beginning of our meeting, um, look, if you're not here for your own drug problem or if you're here in a professional capacity and, and you're not going to let us know, basically, uh, we want you to know that anything that's said in this room stays in this room um, and that if, if uh, it if you use it, basically the addicts that are here need to feel like, it's not exactly the way we phrased it, it was more concise and succinct, but uh, I don't remember it exactly. But basically, uh, please don't use things that are in this room, that are said in this room, uh, in your treatment center. We're not under surveillance here, and if, if that starts happening, we will ask treatment centers not to bring their clients. Um, we don't know if that ever did happen. Uh, we didn't see any of the signs of that again you you don't have the we never did have a hand go up and say yeah i'm the counselor in the room uh, a lot of the treatment centers around here the counselors are in recovery um but uh that was the one thing i hadn't even thought of during this week that that i uh, should have been the first thing i thought of that our home group has dealt with is is treatment centers showing up uh we did have an issue one week where um people started talking about their meds uh, that they were on in the treatment center, and the next week we had to make an announcement that uh, look, we don't, 
We don't do the meds in this meeting, and hey, please don't discuss them here if if that's what you're doing in your treatment center. Um, and again, I don't know if that goes a lot to the non-professionalism uh, that probably touches on a, a lot of different traditions. Um, but then the Garrick already touched on some things. You know, when we come into the our meeting, we don't have any members of our home group who are doctors that I know of. But uh, you know, you're not a doctor when you come in. If, if you come into our our meeting, home group member or not, uh, I can't remember what the the initials for it are. But the, basically, you're these uh, certified drug counselors. You're not a specialist here. We we don't care about your training. We care about the NA way, um, the way we do things here. A really, really big one for us, and and I I think we've touched on this on I know we've touched on this on a lot of podcasts, but it goes directly to the non-professionalism. And we actually, when we have people come into our rooms who are from other home groups and especially other areas, uh, that they ask about the literature that we use. So our readings are, are are slightly different than what they're hearing in other meetings, and we talk about the non-professionalism, and we always go back to. The reason we don't pay people to, to speak in our meetings is this non-professionalism. Uh, why is our written method any different? Why is it okay to pay somebody to compose our recovery literature? Uh, yeah, if we go into the, the, the history of, of Narcotics Anonymous, um, we even at one point we, we had the motion about hiring the editor to and that that goes back to something that we've touched on on a lot of podcasts in the history that you can go listen to other podcasts. But uh, when the fourth edition came out, and we had this editor who was hired uh, to basically clean up any grammatical errors, and, and it was used that we didn't need to put this back to the fellowship, but it was a deep edit that was done. You know that may may have happened if we used a volunteer editor. But one thing I've thought of, it, right or wrong, is is do we need to actually hire? Higher editors, if we've got the personal time to compose the message, do we have, we definitely have people in the fellowship who have that talent. Um, do they need to be paid special workers to do that? I, I don't know the answer to that question. And, and the real thing came down to is that didn't go back to the fellowship. That that could have happened if, whether we paid an editor or not. We could have had an editor who was in somebody's pocket. But, but would that person have had the time to do a deep edit uh, if they were not being paid to do so? Um, sometimes we need to look at, at what we did in the past and, and go, was that the right decision or not? Where did we make mistakes? It's part of the reason that uh, the service structure that a lot of traditionalist groups use or, or lack of service structure isn't isn't just the old way. A lot of people want to go back to the old way, but the old way is is, uh, is the way we got ourselves here. Sometimes it had holes in it where people could take advantage Um but definitely the non-professionalism, we, we compose our own literature. And I think everybody on here, we've talked about that on the podcast before, and, and probably everybody's home group does that one. Um, I'm going to take this a step further and take it to a personal level. Um, and this was dealt with at the, at the group level back in the day. But when I look at, at our predecessors and, and them being offered certain jobs, one in particular, and then I look at uh, Jimmy Kinnon and the things he would not do in his personal life, I, I had to make a personal decision at one point in my life, and and again, this is not a judgment of anybody else. You can do what you want. It's it's what the traditions ended up. My understanding of them is is I quit working in the treatment field. I realized that uh, there was professionalism in that. As much as I thought I could keep that separate, maybe as much as I did keep that separate on a personal level. When I'm standing up in front of addicts at a treatment center and they know I'm a member of Narcotics Anonymous, I'm not 
Cubs the counselor to them. I'm, I'm Cubs the NA member. Uh, it doesn't matter how much I want to keep that separate. It doesn't matter, and there's no way I can deliver my personal message of recovery and and not use the, the 12 steps. I would also run into problems in the treatment centers with, uh, you know, literature they wanted me to use that, that I, I didn't want to use, that I couldn't support. Um, it's very possible in treatment centers, not the ones that I worked in, to be in a position where you have to support the taking of meds where where you don't believe it's appropriate. Um, but uh, with our predecessors, that was dealt at a home group level, um, whereas a particular individual said, hey, I've been offered this job. I think it's a good idea. And this home group told them, no, nah, there's there's no way, buddy, that professionalism and this is where it's going to lead us. Uh, but, again, you know, I, I look at it within our own fellowship, Jimmy Kinnon, and, and him never owning a treatment center or becoming involved in that. Um and and those, like I said, this, this is a personal issue, but it has been dealt with at a group level in the past where, where addicts actually ask for home group input. I'm not telling anybody what to do, but I am saying, me personally, I, I had to make the decision at some point in my life uh, that, hey, as much as I want to justify this and make it sound good, I'm justifying things. And working in treatment for me is, is not in line with Tradition 8 with regard to my recovery. Um and I'm not saying somebody should never go into the medical field or, or the psychiatric field. I'm talking about I personally did not feel like I could get paid to treat uh, the disease of addiction. Uh, and and that's what I was working with. That's the field I was in. I'd been involved with it indirectly before I started working in treatment where I was I was working in, in juvenile justice services. But the vast majority of our clients coming through uh, in a lot of cases uh, you know, the, it was drug addiction problems. So uh, to me, the tradition that ended up going, even though these are for the groups, it ended up going beyond that. Uh, when we participate in our groups, it always comes down to personal action. And for me to participate in my home group in the appropriate manner and, and in Narcotics Anonymous in the appropriate manner, I felt like I needed to make the personal decision not to work in the treatment field. Now, if you work in the treatment field and you disagree with that, that's not an indictment of you. Uh, that's just for me personally the decision that I had to make and, and the, the the research that I was doing and the precedent that I based it on. And for me personally, that ended up being the right decision. It brought me a lot of peace, um, and and for me that that's where I know I need to be. Uh, but uh, yeah, I've talked for a while now. Uh, normally I start babbling, but I think I, I hit on uh, a lot of things that uh, were pertinent. That uh, um, probably need to be hit on. Uh, so anyway, that's that's the experience of our group and my personal experience, and I'm going to open it up and turn it over to other people who are here now. Thanks, Shubs. Don't be shy. We got a lot of people on the line today, and feel free to disagree with me.
Anyone going to talk here? Yeah, that is a much longer than uh, usual silence. Yeah. I'm an addict called Kim. Hey, Hi, Kim. Kim. Hey, Kim. <laughs> I, I took one for the team. <laughs> uh, tradition 8, uh, as far as uh, I really appreciate your sharing, because as far as my, I needed to listen to, to what you have to say, because uh, honestly, because of, I need to learn more about this tradition. Um, and as you say, we have no professionals in an, in our rooms, in our group. Uh, or we do as individuals maybe, but but that doesn't matter in 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 our rooms, uh, because in our rooms we're just addicts seeking recovery and and carrying the message, helping each other stay clean, and that's what it's about. And uh, we we also use only literature by addicts for addicts, so no no professionals has been in and and changed it or written it or or anything like that. So. Uh, there's also a thing, you know, about the literature, and I think most can relate to that. Uh, there, there are editions who, who is uh, professionally edited, and how how does that stand towards this tradition? Um, so, but uh, we figured that by addicts for addicts is our message, right? One helping uh, one addict helping another. So. Uh, and also the other way around, if we do have special workers, uh, to be very clear that uh, they're not NA. Uh, and that's it. And also we have visitors from, from treatment centers and so that, that we don't uh, get into that, to the the treatment talk and the treatment language and, and things like that and, and keep focusing on NA and the NA message because we are we are at NA. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's basically what I got. Uh, and thank you for your share, so I can learn about this tradition. Thanks. Thanks, bro. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, I, I didn't talk a lot about the anonymity of Tradition 12. I think this is one of those traditions, a lot of times we need to talk about where is the anonymity expressed in this tradition or, or how is it the foundation. I think this is one of those that it's a lot more obvious uh, that, that the basis is is pure anonymity and, and the reasons for that. But if anybody wants to, to get into that as well, they can. Um, you know, with regard to special workers, you know, one thing that maybe – could be touched on is when we do have special workers and and again with, with the traditionalist movement it's far less common when we do have special workers it's usually in the form of uh, something temporary where we're contracting somebody to print books for us uh, it, it, you know where it's more an independent contractor than an actual employee type of situation uh, but at the same time uh, you, you mentioned something really pertinent that we need to make clear that those special workers are, are not Narcotics Anonymous, uh, which is very true. The, the other thing that we need to do that, that doesn't happen in the mainstream structure is we need to hold those special workers accountable because what often happens is we have people who are, are both special workers and uh, uh, trusted servants, uh, so to speak, maybe more effective leaders in that uh, uh, arm of the service structure. Uh, but uh, you know, what happens is, is somebody who's a, a, a 
in service, so to speak, will will talk to the press and break their anonymity, or they will put themselves forward as uh, the vice president or whatever it is of LVNA, and as number one, we, we don't even have that position, but number two, or whatever it was that was said in the press, it's been said a number of times. I know there was one time in, in uh, Pennsylvania that was said something to that effect, and, and I know we've had people go on TV doing PSAs, and I think in the Middle East, but, uh, you know, they twist that tradition around and say, well, no, I was acting as a... As a because they they want to say that the services are part of NA, uh, so they say no. I was acting as a special worker, so that tradition doesn't apply. We need to make very clear as groups to those special workers that know that the special worker is not a part of Narcotics Anonymous, um, but these traditions are here for a reason, and you were still bound by those traditions of Narcotics Anonymous. If if uh, I'm your employee, I am bound by the rules of your company. Uh, so if you're going to come to work for Narcotics Anonymous, you don't get to violate our traditions. Uh, you don't. You don't get. To, it's often said that uh, you know we have special workers or services to do things that groups can't do under the traditions. I've I've never agreed with that. It's it's we have we have special workers and interested servants to do things uh, that the groups instruct them to do. Sometimes that the groups cannot do on their own or that they need to do collectively uh, through. Uh, trusted servants or special workers, that is not a license to go outside the traditions uh, by any means. Uh, the traditions very clearly spell out what can and can't be done, and, and they are bound by the traditions. And, and even more so, somebody who's a special worker should not be in a public setting talking on behalf of N.A. or saying I'm the president or the such and such of N.A. Uh, because you're, you're not even N.A. So how are you going to, to speak for us publicly at that point? You have less authority to speak for us publicly than the actual NA member in their home group who it, the traditions make blatantly obvious. But uh, to me, that's a big issue that we need to hold those. We need to understand what those traditions mean and, and understand that because a special worker is not part of Narcotics Anonymous in that duty and that they're an employee of Narcotics Anonymous or, or the groups that have hired them uh, does not mean they get to violate our traditions. They are bound uh, to uphold the same traditions uh, because they are an employee of Narcotics Anonymous and the traditions that define our fellowship. And a lot of times that gets twisted around uh, and used as an excuse to violate the traditions. Uh, we've seen it more than more than a few times. And again, maybe that's where the, the 12th tradition plays in. Uh, anonymity is the foundation of all our traditions. Uh, it, that that part makes clear that uh, the special worker does, does not get to violate uh, the tradition that creates the special worker. Uh, and the same in Tradition 9, which I'm sure we'll get to next week. Um, there's no license there. Anonymity is the foundation of all our traditions. Uh, there's no license to break the anonymity uh, of someone who uh, is operating under a tradition that creates a special worker. I've talked way too much. Somebody else needs to jump in. Jared, I'm an addict. Hey, Jared. Uh, usually, when I'm listening to these podcasts, I uh, am reading through the gray book, and uh, maybe something would jump out at me, or even hearing you guys share. And uh, I was sitting here on page 110, reading through traditions, and it's saying that like our primary purpose is to carry the message to actually still suffers. Uh, 
we do best we can. At the same time, we need to, or we need a little help. Volunteer work is the backbone of our service, but volunteer work is only to be best of, to the best of our abilities, only at their convenience. Um, something that I've been hearing a lot and seeing a lot is uh, in their service structure, uh, conventions or things going on in the NOS uh, service they pay for people to come share their experience, strength, and hope. And uh, through my own experience, like, like that's not really how you want to put it in my feelings and thoughts, like being of service, like you're getting paid to share your experience, strength, and hope when you should be freely of service to the program. Uh, I guess that's something I strongly believe in and also my sponsors kind of taught me to where uh, I myself have kind of like, my own prudent reserve to where if anybody ever asked me to share, uh, I don't expect anything out of the home group. If I can do it and I can be there and I have the funds to get there, you bet your ass I'm going to be of service for the program and do whatever I can. That's also including printing literature and things like that to where, as with my home group, like I talk with them like I'm running low on this. If there's any way you can help, say yes or say no. Uh, I'm running out of ink or like I need paper or so on and so forth to where I don't expect them to do it, but they can, they can. And, but we talk about that as a home group and same with like sharing your experience, strength and hope, communicate with the home group. Your, that home group shouldn't have to pay for your experience, strength and hope. In my opinion, uh, if someone can do it, they should do it on their own cognizant. That's true volunteer work. That's true being of service. Uh, to Narcotics Anonymous, like, and I think a lot of times in the service structure, they take that way out content to where not only do they pay for their airfare, so on and so forth, they pay for the rooming, they pay for their meals, like, it's like a free pro bono ride for your experience, strength, and hope to where that's taking that being of service way out. It almost makes them like that professional, like, you're a professional sharer now. And there's no, I shouldn't say there's no right or wrong way to share, but it's like putting them on that pedestal to where they seem like a professional for that weekend. And uh, yeah, in my own professional opinion, like I don't want to ever get my ego stroked that way by a home group or a convention because I'd rather be of service to a program instead of, paid for my shit, if that makes any sense. And I may be in left field, so hopefully someone got something off that, and I'll shut up now. I don't think you are in left field, brother. Um, I, I remember when I was new in NA, hearing a lot about it. I mean, it's, the, the talk still happens. I'm just not as connected to that uh, conceptual structure, but there was a lot made of the, the circuit speakers and how you could get paid to go around the nation and speak, even if it was just a reimbursement of your expenses, but I've, I've heard horror stories of people who will tell you how to, to charge things so that you're actually making money on the, uh, the, the quote-unquote reimbursements. And, again, I don't agree with the reimbursements. Um, one of the things I've been taught is, is that, you know, you're not in a position to do that type of service if you can't get yourself there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've never been paid for my travel expenses. I've never been put up in a hotel. I have uh, 
stayed in members' homes and had them feed me at their personal table. Um, where do we draw the line? I think that's fine. It's a fellowship where we put each other up. We, we stay in, in each other's homes. Um, but I've never asked to be put in a hotel, uh, nor would I. Um, and, again, there's, there's different opinions on that. If somebody has maybe a special medical need, but, but let's, let's say people aren't getting paid to, to go – even one thing when we get this idea of the circus speaker, which is a term in Narcotics Anonymous now, uh, and it shouldn't be but these circus speakers, we do put them on pedestals. Uh, even if we're doing this completely free, uh, these quote-unquote circus speakers, are, are we putting them on a pedestal where that's a form of professionalism? Because professionalism is not just about getting paid. Are, they being, are we in the spirit of anonymity? Or are the quote-unquote regular circus speakers being elevated above the rest of the fellowship? Uh, in a manner that would be professional, even if they weren't getting paid. And let's make no more bones about it. A lot of these, these circuit speakers are getting paid. And where do we draw the line and what have been the effects of that? Uh, we have these conventions that you can't go into certain speaker meetings without not only paying to be at the convention, but paying for that speaker meeting. Uh, holy cow. Now we, you have to pay to go to, I'm sure people 10, 20 years, well, probably 20, 30 years ago, if you would have said, hey, there's going to come a time if we do this that you're going to have to pay to go to a speaker meeting at a convention and they're not going to let you in even on the newcomer exemption, and they would have said, no, it'll never go that far. You're out of your mind, but yet that, that's where we're at. So the question I would ask is, does there come a time in Narcotics Anonymous where the, the home group's monthly speaker meeting, you need to pay to get into that? Is there going to come a time in Narcotics Anonymous uh, when it becomes somehow twisted that, that, things get twisted to the point that, hey, you need to pay to come in this meeting and that the seventh tradition is a requirement and not something that's voluntary uh, and that the seventh tradition is understood as, as, as you need to pay to go to this meeting. Uh, I've already heard people twist that tradition and, and say, uh, you know, if, if you're not contributing to, us, uh, to the basket, you're violating the seventh tradition. That may be well and good, but when we start phasing, Phrasing things like that, we violate that the, the tradition of anonymity there, uh, and and the whole non-professionalism thing as well. When we start uh, guilting people into, hey, you better put money in that basket. When I came in, it was my understanding I could be a member of Narcotics Anonymous and never spend a dime. Uh, then the, you know that illusion was was broken very quickly when I realized if I wanted anything beyond basic literature, I was going to have to spend a lot of money to get that. Uh, and money that at the time that I couldn't afford. Uh, it took me a little while to get a basic text, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of getting off track there. But but what you said is very valid. We're already seeing things that 20, 30 years ago people would have said would never happen. Uh, I, I, I firmly believe we're going to see this bleed over right into the the groups themselves where someday uh, it, it'll start with the, the speaker meetings that a group might put on once a month. Hey, you got to pay to come to this, and, and it eventually – you'll be required to pay, you know, five, ten bucks to come to a meeting because, hey, this is our seventh tradition and that's what you got to do and, and, and we got to have people paid to do this and that and people will be paid to do a lot more. And, and uh, you know, we, we saw with the SSP the level of, uh, of, of uh, professionalism in that. Uh, they're already trying to go there at a very deep level. If you don't think 20, 30 years from now what I'm saying is going to happen, it, it sounds crazy, I, yeah. I think I would actually be surprised to not see it like that 20, 30 years from now if the conceptual structure doesn't completely fall apart.
Thank you, Chubb. I know things got to be sparking in other people's minds. I think that the the circuit speaker thing was really right on with this with professionalism, and I think that a lot of it's a, you know, have more people share. You know, there's more things that come up that I realize. You know, that that's a point exactly where, you know, it's not practicing that anonymity, and it's not practicing that anonymity in our home groups. You know, um, unfortunately, you know, a lot of uh, events aren't put on today by home groups. You know, um, so. You know, I've got, and that's that's one thing that we can also uh, um, look towards. Also, you know, just as I said that, you know, there, there are people that uh, um, I've heard it go as far as like trying to ask other people to come in and help with planning things for for events and stuff like that. And uh, I've never heard of anybody being paid, but I've heard it suggested to ask other people and. Uh, um, if they're already willing to do that, you know, then uh, um, getting them paid is just around the corner, you know. Um, and and I have seen those events where um, where there was actually they called it an NA meeting, and uh, we were not allowed to go in because we did not have the the funds, the requirement that they wanted, you know. Um, and that's pretty sad, you know. I've I've seen it over and over where the events and stuff with uh, um, denying addicts our message and saying, well, you know, they want to have it both ways. They say, well, you guys say that events aren't NA, and it's like, well, then why are you calling it an NA event? You know, and and even if you are calling it an NA of, and if even if you are saying it's an event and not NA, um, when you say that you're going to have a Narcotics Anonymous message, you know you can't. We can't charge for a Narcotics Anonymous meeting. That's ridiculous. That's you know that's completely against our tradition and completely. Uh, but yet it's happening on on a daily basis. You know. Um, so, I don't know. It was real quiet, so I just figured I'd speak for a little bit. So that's all I got. No, I'm glad you did say that, and it brings up a good point. Um, when we put on events, if we're looking at our our fifth tradition, our primary purpose is to carry the message of the addict who still suffers. When we when we have a convention or we have a, a conference or whatever it is we're having. And we're having, if we're having a, a service conference, that, that's one thing. That's a service structure where we're coming together as home groups to, to share in, in a service effort. But, but the primary purpose of the groups is always to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. The primary purpose of the service body is to do what the groups tell them to do. Those committees that put on events are not part of NA, but if we're putting on an event and there's a, a speaker meeting or there's a marathon meeting or, or whatever you want to call it, if, if the primary purpose is not to carry the message to the still suffering addict, then we're outside of what we should be doing. Uh, and either we've gone outside as a service body of what the groups have asked us to do, or the groups have gone outside of their primary purpose in asking that service body to do something different. Uh, when that meeting actually happens, even if it's a collection of groups putting on this, this speaker meeting uh, at a convention, to me, and my opinion is, 
that is Narcotics Anonymous. That's the home groups have caused a meeting to happen, and we're carrying the message. Uh, and that is Narcotics Anonymous right there. And, and again, we've already touched on this. Just because you're not NA does not mean uh, you're not subject. You're you're still a tool for NA and exclusively for NA and, and subject to those traditions. Uh, you're right. They do want to have it both ways. And when they accuse us of trying to have it both ways, no, we're not. Your service structure is not Narcotics Anonymous, but when you put on a meeting that the groups have asked you to put on and the collection of groups put on a recovery meeting at a convention, uh, that definitely is, to me, Narcotics Anonymous happening. And if, if it's not Narcotics Anonymous happening, then we're already outside our traditions if we're not trying to carry the message to the still-suffering addict. The other thing that you touched on is this groups often don't even put on these events. This idea of the perpetual convention or the perpetual uh, uh, event. Uh, one one thing that we have where I'm at now is a summer celebration of recovery event, and the funds are never turned back over to the groups. It, it, it's a huge problem, and it goes directly to professionalism and 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 the accountability and the anonymity uh, of the groups being in charge and 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 the group spots being this loving God that's expressed at the group level. Uh, how many times do you see, hey, we had a budget of $5,000 this year, uh, but we actually brought in $10,000. Uh, so next year we've got $10,000 to put on this event. I, I hear things like that constantly, and I'm constantly asking people, oh, do we? Did, did, you, uh, did you ask the groups what we want you to do with that money that you brought in? Did we even ask the groups if we want to have this same event next year? Because that's not your money. It's, it's the group's money. Uh, that that money belongs to the home groups, not the other way around. And that is so twisted in, in the mainstream structure. There's a an area in the Northeast that uh, I know the addict does not want me to make this public, so I'm not going to, not the Northeast, the Northwest, but uh, it doesn't even matter the region. Um, there's a particular area where a home group was chastised because they were not turning all their money over to the service structure because they were told that that money belongs to the service structure. You are to pay your rent. Uh, you know, pay your rent, your, your basic expenses, and then you are to turn the rest of the money over to a area, region, and world. That's that's our money, not yours. That's how far off track it has gotten uh, with the professionalism that has seeped into. I hate calling it the mainstream structure, uh, the conceptual structure. Uh, it is mainstream because because most of the groups are still blind to what has happened to them and, and how uh, their their service structure has been taken over, and now their fellowship is being taken from them. Uh, but you're 100% right on. This, uh, there should be a lot of people talking because <laughs> there's so many issues that this one tradition brings up. Yeah, does Matter Herman have anything to say? <laughs> Are they even there? Probably I think everybody's still here. It is your right to listen to. I'm not going to pressure anybody that you have to share on here. But, well, I'm uh, just asking if they have anything to say because if not, I'm going to share, okay? You're up, Billy. All right. Cool. So I just want to know if they have anything they want to say. No. Okay, I'm an addict on Bill. You know, there you go. Like this tradition concerns itself with two areas, yes. One is non-professional, and that's uh, the area that concerns our home group the most, okay? Um, 
and the amenity of that is is very important. I mean, you guys covered a whole lot of information here, uh, but none of that stuff would happen if the home groups were responsible and and holding uh, holding, which next week we'll cover the accountability of of uh, of uh, the accountability and the responsibility of groups holding that service they set up as accountable in their service. You know, um, you know, in the second tradition, basically talks about there is no. Um, I mean, uh, we have trusted servants, yes, but trusted servants and what are trusted servants? You know, and when it comes to this here, they're not professionals. They're not professionals at all. Uh, our home group does not. Uh, you know, we we explain in our home group conscience that when we share, we do not talk about. Uh, you know, uh, being professional in any any area of our lives, even okay, uh, that we're here to carry the message, and uh, my professional status in the world should not be coming into the into Narcotics Anonymous into our home group. You know, uh, have we used uh, someone's professional status already uh, in a sense of being a treasure? Uh, yes. Okay. And why? Because they had the ability to, uh, or accountability. You know, and uh, you know, uh, we could get information from them in that sense. Where if we're planning an event, okay, as our home group planned many of events, okay, and uh, to alleviate the fear, um, we'd have them let us know where we're at, what we're doing, and where we're headed. Okay. Uh, financially, how to operate this thing to make sure it was accountable to the home group itself, you know, and, and that the responsibility was that we would not squander the money, uh, you know, uh, that the group would need to run these functions. And we always called them donations. We never called them a registration fee. We called them donations when our group sponsored an event. And we usually called them, I mean, we originally we called them donations back in the early 80s. And uh, we would hold large clam bakes with, but the major function was to carry the message at these clam bakes even. So it was surrounded with meetings, okay? And there was no registration fee. There was a donation. We had a uh, a basic can there, okay? That when people came, um, you know, we may have a suggested $5 donation. Uh, but uh, what it covered was the, the food at that event, okay? When we went out and purchased the food to make sure uh, the food was there, but we never had a registration fee donation put in what you can, all right? Uh, and it always took care of itself. You know, that was the real issue. It always took care of itself. And what we did as a group was we planned an event uh, to bring the group together to bring uh, and to invite other groups to get involved with our group that way. You know, and, uh, we used to do that in the early 80s a lot. And that was basically what that fulfilled for our group is that Narcotics Anonymous as a whole uh, was supporting one another. And it would bring other areas in. It would bring different parts. We would bring speakers. We would ask speakers to come from Pittsburgh. We would ask speakers to come from different parts of eastern United States here to, to our event. Uh, and that way our local group with CNA was working throughout the East Coast. Okay, and it would uh, include the shared experience that we didn't have 
there if, at that event, it would include that shared experience so our group could see that shared experience. So it would give them the drive to move forward is why we did it in that manner. And we did not pay for speakers to come in at all. They brought themselves there. You know, we never uh, paid for speakers to come to our out-of-bounds. We used to run out-of-bounds every weekend. They were actually conventions before uh, uh, we hosted our first convention ever in our in our group. And uh, our first convention was the Fourth East Coast Convention that we that we hosted. And uh, you know, uh, but uh, we hosted these out-of-bounds, and there were weekends in 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 our facility. We started on Friday, and we ended on a Sunday at at lunchtime. You know, uh, and uh, people would host people that came in in their homes, basically. And 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 uh, you know, and if if the facility had enough space where we could, uh, you know, with uh, carpeted rooms and stuff, you know, we let them know we like to be able to use them rooms. It's also okay. Uh, uh, that people could throw their sleeping bags out and stuff, and people brought their sleeping bags and they slept in the facilities. They needed a shower, they came to our homes and took a shower. You know, but uh, they were great functions and they actually helped our group grow. Is how we did that. And the amenity and that was our group sponsored it. Our group didn't have any titles. We didn't have any, uh, you know, uh, professional involved in it. It was all done by volunteer service. You know, and the volunteer service is the backbone of our fellowship. As Greg always said, it's the backbone of what we do. And, uh, you know, uh, he also shares that in the great book that we are professionals in our own right, some of us. But that does not come involved in in our titles and stuff. And we shouldn't have titles and stuff in that sense. Our, all our titles should uh, basically emphasize service instead. Uh, you know, with, uh, that, that implication is our group looks over things, and we're not to be professional. We don't provide professional services in our group in any form. And uh, and you always have them people that come in and say, well, we're not doctors, so we wrote an IP that says we're not doctors. Instead, through our group, we wrote it, okay? And basically what explains is what Narcotics Anonymous is and our stance on total abstinence. And we're not... Uh, taking responsibilities of doctors in that area, but what we are taking responsibilities on is what total abstinence is, and that's from any mood changing substance, myeloid chemical. We do not provide professional services here. We do not provide counseling, and that's one thing we in our format is when when we have a meeting, we actually share your experience, your strength, and your hope of NA recovery. That's explicit in that area. It's NA recovery we're sharing. We're not sharing professional advice in our rooms. We're not providing a counseling service in that room. Uh, you know, uh, uh, like in our one facility, we have a we have a uh, a child's room, but we let the parents know that it's their responsibility to bring the child. That that room is there. They're not to be in the meeting, and somebody has to take the responsibility to take care of their children. And it's not us. Okay, there may be people that will volunteer to help do that, but it's the parent's responsibility to go over that with the people that are helping them so they can sit in a meeting. You know, uh, you know we do not provide uh, child care in our rooms. You know, so it's, it's not a service. Could a group hire a child care service for that purpose? I guess they could if they constantly, but whose responsibility would be to man it and whose responsibility would be to pay for it would be the parents itself. 
to pay for that service, not the group. The group will not provide that service, okay, out of our seventh tradition. You know, and we need to look at them areas, and we have looked at them areas over the years. You know, we you know we do have a child uh, in 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 the one meeting facility. Okay, we do have a place in the other meeting facility where there's a child's room, but it's the parents' responsibility to man that and take care of it, not uh, not uh, the group itself. It's available, and the churches that we meet in have made them them places available that we could utilize them if we if we chose we wanted to, but we do not provide a professional child care service there. That's up to the parents to take care of that themselves, you know, and we, you know, uh, but would because the, the children are not supposed to be roaming around in our rooms, you know, and, uh, you know, because uh, our, our meetings are closed meetings for narcotics and islanders, for addicts, by addicts in, in our in our groups. Yeah. We want to keep that message on recovery, so we don't have professionals in that area. We don't provide any professional services within our group. If we have to hire uh, a service, and we always use that as a service center, when it says service center, we hire a dog, a phone line service, okay? And we instructed them on how we wanted them to answer the telephone, okay? Uh, you know, and we uh, and we gave them the formats to use, and that's they had to stay within explicit of that that you answered the phone. Narcotics Anonymous, can he, can 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 we help? And then um, and they'll let you know what they need help with, and then your their job was to relay and connect uh, the phone to the people that were on that phone service that were manned by the group membership and set, and that was just a relay system that was set up. And we paid for that service, for that to happen. And and uh, now we're looking as a group to provide another phone line service and what's going to be the best for us to utilize. And uh, we're looking at the track phone system. Uh, what would it cost us to, to a month to pay for a track phone system and so we can put PI posters out again? You know, and we're looking at that there, how to get uh, our message out there, how to keep that in this, you know, non-professional, and manned by the group members instead, that we should be able to provide that service to get, get that information out that we exist, and that's what we're looking at again, because we've been operating not uh, almost totally an anonymous uh, for years by word of mouth, our groups, and we'd like to be able to get uh, more newcomers into our rooms, and the only way we're going to do that is get the message out that we exist and we're choosing not to use any professionals, hire any professional service in the phone line system. We're, we're choosing to, uh, yes, there is a professional service out there that we will hire, and that's going to be whoever we get the phones from, and we'll use their lines, basically, that will be operated by us instead, instead of having a phone line service to answer the phone. Narcotics Anonymous will be an actual member of our home group answering the phone. Narcotics Anonymous, how can we help? You know, what's the situation? And, and our only primary purpose will be to get them to a meeting uh, so they can be 12-stepped. That our 12-step is provided by our home group members, not professionals. You know, and we look at that there in all areas. Uh, like I said, service centers can be anything that we set up. I mean, we hire a service center to print books. Uh, and we negotiate with service centers to print books for us. Uh, we do not negotiate with service centers to print uh, our IPs. We do that ourselves, okay, our home group. 
Uh, so my office is our, our home group service center right now. Okay. Um, you know, it's my it's my laptop and my my computer and my my printer. You know, uh, you know, and and uh, that's our service center right now for printing IPs. I just printed a, a you know like a hundred and fifty uh, uh, newsletters for the home group to have them there of all the editions of it. You know, I printed uh, like uh, uh, fifty five of the new ones. And the rest of them were the old ones to have them in stock, you know, on our tables because you get newer members come in that never seen the newsletter and they can get the the first uh, issue of the booklet, the booklet form, you know, uh, that we have out now. Um, so we have uh, five or six of them out and they're on our table, and there's at least twenty of them on our on, on our literature table. They are printed right here. Um, you know, I I provide that volunteer service for our home group. You know, as a home group member, so we don't have professionals doing that end. But the books itself, we do have professionals uh, print our book for us, uh, get them shipped to us. But then we take the responsibility as a home group to get them books sent out to whoever else, what other groups are co-opting with us. Uh, we take that responsibility uh, to get them out in their box here. They're put in boxes. I take them to the post office, and and uh, and then we should ship them. You know, but that's all non-professional service. It's volunteer. It's the backbone of our fellowship, and we're naming it in that level of that we don't. We uh, walk into our home group. You see the literature tab. We don't know who printed it, where it came from, because our home group members don't talk about that. Okay, it's there. It's our home group doing that, and uh, you know, it's it's how we like to keep it in that level. Now these other issues that you've been going over. I've seen it happen. I've been involved in it years ago. I've seen the, the, what the direction has gone, and it's a disaster right now in that level. When you have, uh, and the one thing Chubbs was referencing, it was the World Convention in Philadelphia in 2013 where uh, Anthony Edison got up and, and you know, he spoke to the newspaper and Becky Myers. And they're uh, your executive and, and assistant uh, executive director to the World Service Office, okay? But they acted like they were presidents and uh, of Narcotics Anonymous, okay? Uh, and they spoke on our behalf and saying this is what Narcotics Anonymous believes, and uh, and it was so untrue. And they and the whole areas of charging for these events. Uh, you know, we always uh, had a minimum registration fee for conventions, and it's supposed to be minimum. Now they're $100, and what you get is a, is a tag. You don't get meals or anything with that anymore. You get a tag, and that's just to go in so you can go to meetings. You're paying $100 to go to a weekend of meetings, and it's being sponsored by the office. The World Service Office sponsors that event. It's being run by a corporation, so a corporation is actually that does not make that Narcotics Anonymous. Okay, it's not Narcotics Anonymous in any form. It's a professional service writing on our name, and there's no anonymity in that level when they're doing that. You know, and we have to be very aware of that. That the anonymity is being totally discarded, and the groups are allowing that to happen by participating in that event. You know, and I've talked to members that I know are supposed to be traditionalist members that go to that event 
And it's like, well, I'm just going there to see people. But you are paying them $100 to see people. You know, which makes no sense to me. You know, if you're if you're telling me you're against that their type of behavior, but then you're paying them $100 to be there, you're being part of that there, and you are endorsing it. And, it, and our group should never endorse uh, that type of behavior. And that's what happens when the Fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous, the groups of Narcotics Anonymous, endorse that and participate within that. They endorse the violation of, of the, the anonymity at that level. They are participating and they're encouraging it to continue. And uh, our home group does not participate in that. When we did go to the World Convention in Philadelphia, we, we actually, what we paid for was a rental spot on the street, and we put a white van there, and we were outside the van all day handing out baby blues, uh, total abstinence IPs, and a couple other IPs, and uh, meeting lists that we had, okay? Uh, you know, uh, is what we did. It's the groups of the Fellowship Service Conference got the money put together, and we took every penny of that and took it down there, and we, 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 we fed the meter. So we paid for our spot on the street right outside the convention hall, and we was right outside the door. We were in between two doors, actually, at the convention center that people use, the, the main doors that people use to win and out of that convention center. You know, and, uh, and I did not pay to be part of that function. Did I walk into that function? Yes, without without paying to be there. And I went into their world board meeting. I did not pay to be in their world board meeting, and we handed out books in there. And we handed each world board member a book. Uh, Mickey handed them the books, okay, there. And, uh, you know, uh, but I did not pay to be inside that facility. I handed out books in the crowd. I handed out our literature in there, and uh, I did speak to Mike, okay, about this this behavior. Uh, so uh, I, I did not go to their function at all. I stayed outside in the street except the time I went to the world board meeting, you know, and I participated in handing out our book instead. Uh, I made sure they knew who was handing them out. And where our van was at, and uh, if he wanted more stuff, we're out there on the street, okay? So we let him know where the van was sitting, okay? Uh, and that's what we did. And uh, our groups, that's the, as far as our group participated in that world convention in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, we could be outside seeing people without paying to be in that facility. And, and we did that. We saw a lot of people. We got a lot of literature in a lot of people's hands. And... Uh, it actually, I think it blossomed the, the movement of free literature is what we did there. We, we, and I think that was a major event that we participated in on the street of Philadelphia, okay, outside the convention center that blossomed the movement of free literature and got our message out there that you don't have to participate in this insanity. You can get participating in not endorsing this professional services that they are that they are putting on here that it's professionalism it's not narcotics anonymous we do not endorse it as narcotics anonymous and our group does not participate at this level and uh that is violation of our anonymity at that level when that's going on there that whole thing is a major violation of our anonymity you know and uh and we had to you know and that's the the level that we participated there uh, we do not participate in that in any other form as our group 
we define our services, what them services are. We define what a service center is, how to operate within that service center, and who do we need to pay. We pay a printer to print books. That's at the level when we put them out at cost factorization, a cost factorization of getting them from where we get them from to, to our service center, okay, and, and shipped out of our service center to wherever them books are going to them groups. Is That's as far as we participate in any professional services that we hire and they're instructed to do a job. We actually uh, formatted the book uh, that was done by another group and I, I helped uh, do the line by the line editing of it to make sure that everything was consistent what was in our book, that it was no changes in it. And uh, it was formatted by, by a member of another group and they went through that with the printer and the printer told them exactly what they needed. They put the specs together. We put the specs together. We didn't pay a, a um, we did not pay for them to do a print, print setup for us. We had the setup done already. So when they got the book set up, it was already in print ready form for them. And so we looked at that there. How do you do this here? And, and I mean, yes, you could have paid, uh, you know, maybe two, three thousand dollars for them to make your book print ready. You could have had them retypeset and stuff, but you would have still had added it and everything else. So we did that ourselves instead. So we limit the involvement of a professional service even involved with printing of the book. You know, that's their only job is to print it. We give them the specs of what we want and they ship it to us. And they follow our directives of the home groups that are doing it. And that's how we operate at that level. Uh, so we keep the limited ever with professional services out of our group in any form. We like to limit that at, at all costs. You know, and, uh, you know, we like to operate, yes, on a shoestring operation, uh, as Jimmy originally wrote it, okay? Uh, you know, keep our group uh, uh, anonymous, uh, basically, on what the money's coming in, how we're using the money, what's our responsibility with it, and how we operate at with, with having non-professional involved in our home group. So that's the level that we went to, okay? That's what I have to offer. Okay. Hey. Thanks, brother. Thank you, brother. Anything uh, anybody wanted to add before we wrap up here? We've been uh, going over an hour. All right. If there's nothing else to add, I want to thank everybody uh, definitely who uh, jumped in on the phone line today. Thank everybody who uh, is listening uh, now uh, via the recording that you might be listening to. You've been listening to Autonomous Unity on the Solidarity with Autonomy Network, and we will see you on the next